welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wyge, and Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It is great to be back on board with you once again today after a very, very exciting football game. Uh, luckily, I'm able to get this out on Monday night, so <laughs> very luckily, my wife's out of town. I almost forgot about the timing of her training so this worked out very, 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 very well. It was like the most perfect timing ever. So there you go, because late game is like, uh-oh, I better sneak this in at the right time. Got it going. So there you go. The Minnesota Vikings defeat the Green Bay Packers 17-14 to and are in sole possession of first place in the NFC North. That's right, here we are. Sole possession of first place in the NFC North. It couldn't be better. Great feeling. Nice to see Sam Bradford debut with the Vikings. Really looked awesome out there. Uh, you saw a star emerge even more so than he did in the first week. We'll get to him very shortly. In fact, he'll probably be the third topic out of the many we'll list here in segment number one, which will be the game review like we always do. Segment number two is the NFC North Roundup, and I kind of banter around in the NFL and such. Kind of a fun segment there. Of course, there will be a George story in between the first segment and the second. And, of course, the third will be the fan interaction like we always like to do here. And I need to pass out gold stars for both weeks. I apologize for not giving out a gold star last week. So I better get that done. So let's get to the game here. First and foremost, Adrian Peterson. Well, this is where it's probably a good thing that I wasn't able to record last night because it's just too late and i got to let stories kind of come out and such that kind of bleed out after the game. Sometimes literally they bleed out. (laughs) And in uh, Adrian Peterson's case, it's a torn meniscus, torn right meniscus for Adrian Peterson. It never looked like an ACL because when he went down, it would look like the knee was kind of twisting, not like you saw the little, you know, the classic deal where the lower part of the leg moves and the other part moves the other way, that type of thing, and the knee kind of, yeah, the knee kind of buckles and splits apart, so to speak. One side going one way, one side going the other, that type of thing. You never saw that, so that's the good thing. So I knew it wasn't an ACL. It ends up being, again, a meniscus, which is the cartilage in the knee, which, of course, is a very debated injury. It could be anything, ultimately. Um... Mike Zimmer is saying he wouldn't even rule out uh, Adrian Peterson returning for week number three, which is Carolina Panthers. That, of course, is also in segment number two, which I really didn't even mention when I talked about the second segment. Um, So I'm not betting on that happening. And, gosh, when I hear hear the word meniscus, if it's in the NBA, it's just like, oh, God, how many months is it going to be for this guy? Like the Chase Bunningers and many others. Whenever you hear torn meniscus in the NBA, it's like, oh, Lord. Um, me, I'm personally, my personal evaluation, my personal uh, guess, my personal guess, not professional, but personal guess that Adrian Peterson's meniscus is two to four weeks. That's what I think it's going to be, meaning he would miss the uh, Carolina game and come back to play the New York Giants on yet another evening game, this time a Monday night game. That'll be really interesting and the timing of releasing Purple Mafia for that situation. But there it is, Adrian Peterson, who struggled mightily. We'll talk about that right now. Uh, the running game so far to start out this season just sucks. I mean, it's horrendous. Adrian Peterson, 12 rushes, 19 yards, 1.6 a carry. Two yards in a cloud of dust. How about one yard in a cloud of dust? I mean, two yards sounds generous right now. 1.6 a carry, a long of five. Okay, um, now it's like, let's not panic about, uh-oh, he's past his prime, it's all over, boom, 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 you know, it's it's going to, things end very quickly with running backs, but maybe it is. I, I don't know, I mean, I don't think so, but 
Man, I mean, the, the big key is here. The Packers were gearing on Adrian Peterson. The Titans were gearing on Adrian Peterson because Sean Hill was the quarterback. In this case, they wanted to see what Sam Bradford can do. Is he really is he really up to this? I mean, it's his first game with the new team. Is he really up to this? Well, apparently he was. Uh, Matt Asiata had six rushes for 14 yards. That was in Adrian Peterson's stead. He had a 12-yard gain right out of the gate. Pretty cool to see. And very quickly after that, kind of dissipated down into nothing land. So it just kind of is what it is. One of those situations. Jerry McKinnon only two rushes, two yards, 1.0 yards per carry. Disappointing there. So not much going on with the running game at all for the Vikings so far. 20 rushes and a total of, gosh, I mean, just, just over 30 yards. It's pretty pretty lame, pretty sad. About 37 yards, actually. So, yeah, mm, rough. And that's for the whole team, by the way. Uh, tough start for Adrian Peterson to the season. Uh, if he's going to return and be a divi- uh, be the rushing champion for the season, I think the odds of that are extremely slim. I mean, we're talking walking up the mountain straight up at this point for Adrian. Uh, so let's hop into the man of the hour, at least one of the men of the hour, one of two guys, you could say. Though you could say there are a few on defense as well for good and bad reasons, I suppose. Sam Bradford um, attempted 31 passes, 22 completions, 286 yards, 71%. And, of course, the two touchdowns, no interceptions. You never really got the feeling he was going to turn the ball over, uh, other than when he got hit so many times, which scared the crap out of all of us. You thought that maybe he was going to fumble at some point. But, uh, and no, I'm not here to read stats. I'm just giving you the line because it's a wonderful situation. The four sacks is the scary part. The offensive line struggled mightily. Uh, Fusco was not real good. Berger was all right. Khalil had his moments like he always does. Uh, Andre Smith, not so good either. Very disappointing start to the season for the offensive line. Uh, They protected Sean Hill, which was nice. You also see that Sam Bradford kind of stands in the pocket. He doesn't move really at all. Uh, Occasionally for a rollout pass. (laughs) But uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch, though, with Sam Bradford, even though he does take some hits. Um, Brett Favre took hits, too, because he wasn't very mobile at age 40 in 2009. (laughs) Not quite to bring Sam Bradford to Favre yet, but, man, um, very encouraging signs from this guy all around. I mean, all around. Early on, it was kind of boring. It was kind of like when they had the, the the leash all over Teddy Bridgewater, particularly early in his career, and a big portion of last year too. When you just saw a lot of those sideline type passes, four yard passes, four yard passes, but then, but then you started seeing the arm, and it was a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> see, here's the thing. Oftentimes, when when a quarterback throws the ball 30, 40 yards down the field, they kind of they kind of have to cock back and release. Bradford, it was just ease. He just kind of just whoop. He, he just let go of the ball like he was tossing a softball to his to his to his friend, to his brother, his his father, his whatever. And it went right over to Stefan Diggs for a touchdown. I mean, just leading Stefan Diggs open in multiple occasions. I mean, geez. I mean, you're thinking, yeah, man, it'll be great to see Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs develop a chemistry early on and and and, and into the season. It'll be great to see that happen. Hopefully, it does. Yeah, that didn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> that really didn't take long, did it? Uh, un- unbelievable. I mean, Stefan takes. He was targeted 11 times, 9 catches, 182 yards. <laughs> just He just made it look easy. Just absolutely awesome. Uh, 46 yards is one of the just one of the spectacular plays. And against Sam Bradford, just the release on that pass. It was just like with pure ease. Ultimately, the touchdown was only 25 yards, but the 46-yarder was what put the Vikings in position to score later on in the game. Um, just a just an absolute freaking beauty. I mean, it was so beautiful. It was actually setting Stefan Diggs up for the touchdown later in that third quarter. Just a 
just a, just an awesome pass. The accuracy, the the ease it is for the receiver to catch the ball. So you, he sails it to the receivers, but only where they can catch it. Just absolutely fantastic. Sam Bradford, I mean, I am really, really happy with this guy <laughs> to be the quarterback of the Vikings. Um, you're seeing an arm that you didn't see out of Teddy Bridgewater, though you did see it sometimes later in the season last year, and you definitely saw it in the preseason. And, of course, many will tell you, yeah, he's going against second stringers, but he was still completing passes, deep passes, against, for the most part, NFL uh, d- defensive backs, backups, all bite, but still, it still was nice to see. But Bradford, just with the ease that he releases that ball, it's very exciting. Uh, there was a scare early, of course, when Bradford, and I mean very early, when Bradford got smacked in the left hand, not the throwing hand, and you saw this big uh, discoloration showing up. <laughs> yeah, as an inspector at my work, yeah, a discoloration. It's like, wait a minute, well, hopefully it's just a bruise, and you saw the cut to it. Not only was it bruised, it was gashed uh, by Sam Bradford, but hopefully it's just a bruise, hopefully nothing's broken. He looked kind of like a little worried early on, and then he just rolls right back on the field like, yeah, okay. Fine. I'm fine. He just went to the locker room for a couple of minutes. They basically drained out the, the pus, basically is what it is when you have a, you know, when you're, when, when you have a uh, swelling going on. Just drained the pus out, went right back on the field like it was just like, like he just went for a drink of water or something. <laughs> I mean, just beautiful. Um, awesome job by Bradford all the way. I mean, certainly showed some toughness, showed some poise. Awesome. I mean, th- this is extremely encouraging, and this was in this is in the brightest lights the the regular season has to offer. I mean, the first game in U.S. Bank Stadium ever, and it's against the ultimate opponent in the division, the all the ultra opponent there for the Minnesota Vikings, and yeah, <laughs> and it was on national television. I mean, just all eyes on you. It's your first game, all the jitters and stuff, which he admittedly had. He had, as he says. Um, and he just went out there, and it was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> it was just a beautiful thing. I mean, he went out there like it was nothing to him, like he's been here for a couple of years already, and he's out there to prove a point like, hey, we're, we're going to beat the Packers. Not to prove a point that he can play, but to prove a point that the Vikings are going to beat the Green Bay Packers in their house, not in our house. And that's what you saw out of Sam Bradford in this game. It was a beautiful, beautiful effort, without a doubt. Blair Walsh attempted only one kick in the game, and he made it, 46-yarder. And that was great. And that was after the Vikings kind of took a knee to run the clock down wisely. I mean, there was a lot of interesting uh, clock management at the end of the first half and, of course, the end of the game as well. And it was pure genius as far as I'm concerned. That, that, that was awesome. I mean, <laughs> Mike Zimmer is the—he is just something else, isn't he? He is so good. Uh, and, it was a, and it was a very nice kick from Blair Walsh. And the whole joke is—the <laughs> whole joke here with, with Blair Walsh— and Chris Collinsworth, who suddenly isn't as critical of the Vikings anymore because he, there's, you know, I mean, why would you criticize the Vikings? You have a quarterback that can complete passes, make deep passes, and Bridgewater was becoming that as well. You have a defense that is just, there, there's something special going on with, with his defense, and it is all around defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. There is something very special about the Vikings' defense. I mean, very, very special, and Chris Collinsworth was just glowing the whole game. I mean, he complained a little bit about a certain guy we'll get to in a second, but um, just uh, just an overall beautiful thought indeed, to be quite honest. But he was talking about how Blair Walsh, yeah, he can make the long ones, but he can't make the short ones. I almost forgot what I was going to say. Gladly I was able to catch myself there before I had to go crazy there. But um, I've got a nickname for Blair Walsh, and... I know a lot of you don't want to hear nicknames, but this is just a fun one. This isn't like a trying to pimp somebody up, like, oh, Megatron, Megaquan, 
who, yeah, still hasn't seen the field yet, which is really ridiculous. There, are, there I just that's about all I'm going to say about that at this point. But Blair Walsh, I'm going to call him Happy Gilmore. <laughs> what did Happy Gilmore do in the movie? You know, when he's trying to play golf, whatever. Well, he could certainly hit from the from the start. He could certainly drive the ball, couldn't he? But then the putting game, the close up, the, you know, the the close game, the putting game. Ah, oh, miss, miss, f this, bleep that. He was swearing, throwing his golf clubs, acting crazy. Well, that's kind of like Blair Walsh. He's he's Happy Gilmore. He can really blast that ball from a long distance and make it. But then up close, dun, ah, oh, get that, get the get the beeper out, get the editor going, and there it is, <laughs> forty six yards from Blair Walsh, like it was nothing. And the Vikings, um, well, they. Uh, took the lead at the end of the half, and it's like, wow, I guess we're leading. I guess we're leading. And that's because the Vikings' defense made Aaron Rodgers, as scary as it was at times, made it look like it wasn't a huge problem. Uh, Jordy Nelson broke loose a bit more in this game than we would have liked. It was a little bit frustrating. You saw Jordy Nelson get around receivers a little more, but you're still seeing, you're still seeing the lack of separation from Jordy Nelson. Um, I don't think he's going to shake the the overall rust, the overall... Well, you know, I mean, a damaged goods deal, if, if you'll allow me to say that. I don't think he's going to be able to shake that for the most part for the rest of the season, though he did have a 39-yard completion, partially due to bad tackling and miscoverage by a guy by the name of uh, Trey Waynes. Should I get to him now, or should I get to uh, Stefan Diggs first? Let's get to Trey Waynes. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, he had to start again because Xavier Rhodes was out. Uh, no more Xavier Rhodes, so that was the end of that. And then you bring in Trey Waynes to start once again. And, well, the coverage was, was strong last last week. He was tested early and often. He was beat a couple times, but then he, he, he stood strong last week. But this week, you know, he was on his man almost the whole game. And Chris Collinsworth talked about this a lot, and a lot of us as well were noticing the same thing. Without You know, I mean... He was sticking to his guy. He was keeping up to his man, which was Avante Adams at times, Jordy Nelson at times. It was mostly those two guys. Um, in fact, yeah, I mean, that's that's generally who he's going to stick with. Um, but then but then he'd pull them down, and it was unbelievable. Why are you pulling the guy down? Why are you grabbing him? Why are you clutching him? You're right on top of the guy already. I mean, just 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 make a play. Just make a play on the ball. And he was, it's like he was in between concentrating on the ball and the player. He didn't know which one to concentrate on, so he concentrated on none of the above, and then he'd panic and, and grab the guy when he didn't have to. When he didn't have to. I mean, you only resort to a pass interference penalty when it could be like an 80-yard touchdown, so you just grab and trip the guy, which is cheap, but it is what it is. I mean, sometimes you got to be cheap without, as long as you don't injure the person. But uh, these, these were ridiculous, and it almost cost the Vikings the game. Um, the Aaron Rodgers is definitely not the same guy, is he? 55.6%. Sounds familiar to the week before. Sounds familiar to multiple games last season, particularly late in the season last year against the Vikings. Um, turned the ball over twice as well, did Aaron Rodgers, thanks to our defense, which is merciless and, and cruel and just wonderful, the most wonderful thing you ever saw. But Trey Waynes luckily made up for it much later with the interception. We thank him very much for that. Wasn't a very good throw we got to admit, I mean, it was a bit off from where the ball needed to be. It was further to the inside when the ball needed to be thrown outside to the receiver, which again, I believe was, I can't remember if it was Avante Adams or Jordy Nelson. I'm pretty sure it was Adams. It was, uh, 
the ball was thrown inside more than outside. And But Trey Waynes, to his credit, did have to be physical, did have to get in front of the guy, very similar to the Super Bowl ending play, you know, unofficial Super Bowl ending play, though, the, the miracle play that saved the Patriots when it was a terrible decision by um, the Seattle Seahawks. The play needed to be made. The defender got in the way, and Trey Waynes got in the way, took the ball away. Not a good throw, but Trey Wayne still had to make the play, and he did make the play, and it changed everything on a drive that might have ended up being, well, a loss for the Vikings. There was a very legit possibility, but again, Rodgers' throw was not where it needed to be, and lucky for the Vikings. Uh, the mobility of Rodgers still frustrating, still unable, the Vikings still unable to make tackles on occasion. Um, it was good blocking by the Packers, all that good stuff, but man, my God, it's frustrating when you see a quarterback, you're almost sacking him, and next thing you know, he's running forward for a touchdown. Uh, 10 yard play uh, which put the Packers on the board or actually did not put them on the board what am I talking about it actually gave the actually put the Packers right back in the game yeah the, the first one was the, was the pass to Jordy Nelson way at the beginning but this one of course made it 14 uh, 17 14 and had us all scared to death with 13 minutes left to play um, and it's funny how nobody scored after that the Vikings couldn't finish things and the Packers couldn't finish things either thanks to the turnovers by, by the Vikings defense saving the day once again very similar to the Tennessee game in that sense but uh, Rodgers uh, being able to get free at times but unable to hang on to the ball at a key point in the game when the Packers had a chance to well you know they were in midfield they had a chance to keep keep things going and get on the scoreboard at least get a field goal or something tie this thing up but luckily for the Vikings, that was not the case. And again, Trey Waynes made up for a very disappointing play, despite the fact he was on his guy, which again is extremely encouraging. The fact that he's able to keep up to uh, keep up with the receivers and body them—that's a good sign. The bad sign is this, just the, the panicking. So if he can get that part of the mental game down, eliminate those jitters in those situations, Trey Waynes is going to be a really wonderful cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. But again. Mistakes like that almost cost the Vikings the game, and well, it's like he's like a semi-rookie because he hardly played last season until late in the year. Uh, was tested early and often by uh, Russell Wilson in the in the frigid playoff game, the last frigid game we'll ever get to have, unfortunately, unless we actually go outdoors again 50 years from now or so. But I don't think we're thinking about that anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but then Waynes again made that made a key interception, which almost gave the Vikings a victory against the Seattle Seahawks last season. So similar situation there, in that sense, uh, making up for this and that, and and uh, making the quarterback, the elite quarterback, and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in this case pay for picking on him during the course of the game. So very cool. Good on Trey Waynes for, well, you know, <laughs> for getting the job done when it counted most. Eddie Lacy. There were times it felt like the Vikings couldn't bring the son of a gun down, but luckily. It didn't matter at the end of the day. He wound up with only 50 yards because he only got the ball 12 times. The Packers were behind most of the game, believe it or not, despite the fact it didn't really feel like it necessarily. But um, Packers were playing from behind in that second half, so you didn't see, and Aaron Rodgers is their ultimate weapon, so you didn't see as much of Lacey, which again is a good thing because that, that guy is tough to bring down for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Vikings completed their first fourth down conversion of the season. That's good. We appreciate it very, very, very much. That was great to have. <laughs> um, we converted on one and did not convert on the other. The Packers were stopped in, in their situation. And the Vikings were uh, in good shape there. That saved the day. Interesting play call by Mike Zimmer at the end, and I really liked it. Uh, how he just kind of had Sam Bradford... Just run, yeah, they just ran the clock down to only three seconds left, and then you had Bradford heave the ball 
uh, for a basically a throwaway, and it burned the clock out. That, that was cool. That was smart football, and I really appreciated that from Mike Zimmer. Don't pump the ball. Don't even think about punting the ball. Don't give him any chance because we all know about the old Hail Mary, and that was great. Great job by Mike Zimmer burning that clock, and uh, you got to love that. But uh, let's get to the real man of the hour, even though you could say, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Sam Bradford is. Uh, Stefan Diggs is just a stud, and I did talk about it already, but I didn't get into it as much as I should. There it is. Um, you need a number one receiver. You use a first-round pick on Laquan Treadwell, 23rd overall. But you already have a number one receiver. And you took him in the fifth round. The fifth round. Fifth round. Tenth pick in the fifth round for uh, Stefan Diggs. And the guy is just a, an absolute freaking stud. Right I mean, out of Maryland. He's from Maryland, and he went to, and he went to Maryland as well. Um... Just wow. I mean, just in two games, he has 16 catches and 285 yards, and he got his first touchdown of the season. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This guy is unbelievable. You can throw deep to him. You can throw underneath to him, and he'll make the play. I mean, he'll make the physical play. Like I was calling him kind of an in-between guy, where it's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the deep and, 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 uh, deep and up the middle, that type of stuff, the closer up the middle type of stuff. But it's like the best of both worlds of this guy. I mean, he'll he'll break tackles when he catches the ball in the in the in the midfield, but then deep in the flat, he'll make just spectacular plays. He'll 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 beat his man and he'll catch the ball. And when you have a rapport with this quarterback who can throw the ball very, with ease, you got something real special. I mean, you're going to be hearing Bradford to digs a lot this year and you might be hearing it for a very very long time when January rolls around, and it's just really exciting. I mean, I, I didn't even realize Charles Johnson even caught the ball. He was targeted twice, and he caught both of his targets 15 yards in the game. 15 yards in the game. A 10-yard catch, a 5-yard catch along the way. Woohoo! Uh, Adam Thielen good at the short yardage slot receiver type stuff. Absolutely great. 41 yards in the game. Nothing spectacular, but he made catches that he needed to make, and he makes catches... Well, you know, I mean, he simply catches the ball, and that's good. He he makes a play when he's when he's asked to, and and it's great. He does everything he's asked, basically. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was targeted eight times in the game, only had three catches. There were some throwaways along the way, and there were just incomplete passes. I mean, and it's just unfortunate. Kyle Rudolph, obviously, he's <laughs> he's inconsistent at times. Sometimes he'll drop passes. Sometimes it's just sometimes the throws aren't right on the money, that type of thing, and he's not necessarily always the guy to bring it in. But he's made did make some nice plays, a 19-yard long in the game which was really helpful early on to get things moving. A confidence builder for Sam Bradford and the whole Vikings offense. It was an absolutely wonderful thing, to be quite honest. Um, Jeff Locke was blocked in the game. That was frustrating. That was scary. Uh, the Packer punter, nothing special either. Neither one of these punters is anything special, to be quite honest. Luckily, Locke was able to get a 50-yarder along the way, but neither one of them even eclipsed the 40 average in the game. Jeff Locke punted seven times. That's crazy. But that's also because the Vikings didn't, I mean, they only turned the ball over once in the entire game. And um, that was that. That was the block, basically, there. So there you go. So there you go. <laughs> uh, just a strong overall performance by the Vikings. Uh, defense was just spectacular. You saw um, Daniil Hunter again just getting the job done. It was great. You had Tom Johnson getting a key sack at a very opportune time. And then, unfortunately, was uh, taken away for concussion protocol. So hopefully he's okay. Everson Griffin adding a sack, but also adding a dumb penalty. 
along with Trey Wayne, who had like about 100 penalties in the game. It felt like Brian Robinson teaming up with uh, with uh, Kendricks, <laughs> Eric Kendricks, just a spe- uh, for a sack in the game. They actually credited it only to Brian Robinson, and they did not give it to Kendricks. But um, I guess, okay, I guess we'll just leave that as is Linval Joseph adding a sack in the game. Vikings with five sacks. Very strong performance there. Anderson Deho tested a lot, but the balls were thrown kind of more in the middle, mid- deep in the midfield, and Sandejo made, uh, ended up leading the team in sacks. Basically, both of the safeties did. Uh, Waynes would have had a lot more tackles if there weren't penalties <laughs> thrown to, Wayne, I mean, to, to Waynes along the way, but it is what it is. Uh, Daniil Hunter just continuing more and more to step it up. Uh, Shamar Stefan who was also pretty solid in the game, picked up, uh, he was a seventh-round pick last season, or two years ago in 2014, and there he is getting playing time. Number 93, he was he was the guy with the fumble recovery after uh, Mr. Uh, Brian Robinson earning that check of his, not only getting a sack, but also stripping the ball away on the midfield play. That was the fumble. And uh, Shamar Stefan, the little-known Shamar Stefan, who, who's hanging in there from the seventh round, recovered that play and he had uh he was strong in the game uh, and we appreciate that as well nice win for the vikings they were able to stick to it and finish the job and again just lots of positivity along the way uh a little concern with trey waynes hopefully he can <laughs> hopefully he could kind of kind of chill out a little bit not try to do too much at the same time and make those stops when he needs to and that would be very very helpful for the vikings during the course of the season, and they're got their work cut out for them in the next game. They have a team that's going 15 and one last year, and they're going to be picking it up at some point after losing to the Denver Broncos in the season opener. The Broncos have the Carolina Panthers number; it's official. If the Broncos play the Panthers, the Panthers are not going to win the game. Kind of like hopefully the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, or maybe the the Warriors and the Timberwolves as well. we'll keep a lookout for Timberwolves explosion at some point. I'll be recording uh, some of that eventually, one of these days. So. Lots of positives here. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can keep this up. And it's good to see Aaron Rodgers struggle against Mike Zimmer and uh, Mike Zimmer's defense. And it's been it's been a building trend after they really schooled us a couple times early on in the Zimmer era. Remember the first game, Mike Zimmer in Lambeau Field. It was just a disaster. But, of course, you had Ponder as a starting quarterback who had zero confidence in that game. And I mean zero confidence in that game because Bridgewater hurt, had hurt his ankle uh, very early on against Atlanta just right away. That was too bad. Um, but then you also had uh, <laughs> you also had that game last season where the Packers came in and just beat the crap out of the Vikings, and it was so frustrating, and it felt like every bounce of the ball went the Packers' way. Endless frustration there. But then late in the season in Lambeau Field when the division was on the line and Rodgers started making mistakes, and it was kind of weird. Uh, you saw some funny stuff out of Aaron Rodgers, and it was really exciting for Viking fans, and that's the thing. I mean, Mike Zimmer is a defensive genius. He is a legitimate defensive guru, and this is not Kool-Aid drinking whatsoever. I am not here to drink Kool-Aid. I'm not going, woo, Vikings won! I'm sitting here giving you an objective uh, analysis here. Um, I'm not a rah-rah guy at all anymore. I I was when I was in my 20s, but those days are long gone, man. I mean, I am not in my 20s anymore, and I haven't, you know, and we're talking early 20s, and I kind of calmed down a little bit later on in my 20s. Uh, Not that anybody cares, but uh, Mike Zimmer, he is a defensive guru, and a a guy like him, you know he's going to focus and really learn how to slow Aaron Rodgers. He's the kind of coach that can find weaknesses in a guy, 
that uh, you'd think have very little weaknesses. And when you're Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy you really have to focus on if you're gonna, if you're going to be a great football team. He's the kind of guy you're going to have to be able to contain. And the Vikings have done a fantastic job of that two games in a row in Lambeau Field and now in U.S. Bank Stadium. Now we can officially call, well, we can officially talk about it as our home stadium now. Trying not to cough to death here, sorry. <laughs> but, jeez, um, <clears throat> thank God for the dump button, right? But uh, there it is, and it looks like Mike Zimmer is solving, is finding things with uh, Aaron Rodgers, and that's a good thing. So before I run this too far, I'm going to pass out the awards here. The Fran Tarkin Award will go to Stefan Diggs, and I'm going to pass out a second one, like a, an honorable second one to Sam Bradford. Just what an exciting, what an exciting game. What a, what a great job. And they, everybody basically says it was the best game as a pro. Hopefully you can keep that up against Carolina and others out there. The, it's like the Christian Potter Memorial, I have to give it to Trey Waynes because of the penalties, but there is encouragement. There's an asterisk to this Christian Potter award. Don't get all pissed off at me. Trey Wayne's fans out there that like are like, oh, how could you say that? I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take uh, issue with what you said. No, you're not. He he had a lot of bad penalties that were not necessary, and it almost cost us the game. But there's an asterisk next to it because he was on his man the whole time, encouraging signs that he can keep up to his man. Just stop with the clutching and grabbing and such, and and tugging guys to the ground. What are you doing? And then, of course, he made up with it with the interception that helped us win the game. But he is not getting a Fran Tarkenton award because all those penalties almost cost us the game. So there you go. We'll take a break. We'll come back. You're going to hear the George story number two. And then we'll jump into the NFC North review and preview the Carolina Panthers. And now, another installment of... George Stories. Well, here's a George story that harkens back to summertime. So as summer's coming to an end, I might as well ease you into thinking about summertime again. Uh, We had, back about circa 91 or so, we had this orange toboggan style thing that you could use as a flotation device behind the boat that you pull and you go fast and all that stuff and enjoy it. So me and my brother were on it, kind of having a hard time with it. So he said, okay, Dad, here, you try it. And then our dad goes on it. And my brother looks at the accelerator on the boat and says, Joey, push it down. Push it down real hard. Let's see what happens. So we do it real fast right away. He falls in the water immediately. His hair kind of falls side by side like a like an old sick singer or something from the 70s, 80s. Like I was going to say 60s, but no. <laughs> he just screams out loud as he's gasping for air because, I don't know, the, just the shock from like maybe the water is a little bit colder. Yeah, what are you doing, you son of a bitch? We are back here on Purple Mafia, second segment, the NFC North Roundup. A little bit of NFL talk here and there, and we will preview the Carolina Panthers and then move on to segment number three for Van Interaction. So let's hop to it, shall we? The Detroit Lions host the Tennessee Titans, and they lose 16-15. to Ouch. Not quite the uh, performance that the, that the Detroit Lions had the previous week against the Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans. Kind of, kind of narrowing things down here. Kind of, kind of making it a little bit tougher. And there it is. 
there it is, Matthew Stafford. I mean, what have I said year in and year out? What have I said for years here on Purple Mafia? What have I said? He's just like Carson Palmer, man. Just like Carson Palmer with Cincinnati. The, and forgive me for if I'm repeating myself, but I will say it again because I because I can. It just proves the point. He had the good Carson Palmer week last week, about 400 yards, four touchdowns, just 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 sharp as a razor, 70 yard completion percentage. And then you get this: the games like this, 55 percent completion percentage, one touchdown, one interception, quarterback rating of about 73. Not going to get it done, Matthew Stafford. Not going to get it done. Not against the Tennessee Titans or other teams. Marcus Mariota continuing to look strong like he kind of did against the Vikings. He kind of regained things a bit. He threw an interception in the game, but a quarterback rating of about 103, uh, 238 yards, but completed 76% of his passes. Very solid in the game. And this time, DeMarco Murray didn't fumble. He ran all over the Detroit Lions, to be quite honest. Almost eight yards a carry. He had a 67-yard scamper. But not to pay dirt. He was tackled before the touchdown, but then the Titans were able to capitalize after that. Uh, very strong game for the Tennessee Titans, and this makes the Vikings look good, considering the thrashing the Detroit Lions put on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. For the Colts made things interesting late in that one. Detroit looking pretty ordinary. In uh, okay, I keep wanting to call it the Silver Dome, but it's for a field. I mean, they changed that about how many years ago now? Looking awfully ordinary, though, and uh, this was a pretty tough loss for the Detroit Lions, and Tennessee got the job done in that fourth quarter, making the comeback. Detroit led the whole game, and they blew it later on. Uh, DeMarco Murray was, uh, well, was stopped for a safety. He didn't have a turnover, but that's what happened to him at one point, a five-yard loss for a safety. A lot of times when you see a safety, you think that team is going to end up winning the game because it's such a momentum setter. Uh, They really, Detroit was up 9-0 before you knew it. They also added a, uh, well, no, no, they didn't do a two-grade conversion. I don't know why I'm getting all confused. Yeah, when I see nine, I get all I get all thrown out of whack because, because of the two-pointer, though. But, yeah, a touchdown for Antoine Bolden along the way. That was the only touchdown for Matthew Stafford the rest of the way. He had a couple of chaos field goals added by Matt Prater, a 42-yarder, 27-yarder, respectfully. But then uh, Marcus Mariota really took over in that fourth quarter on the road, and he got a great, just a great job, a very impressive victory for... Uh, the Tennessee Titans, but also a good job in the defense. And Matthew Stafford, just disappointing game. I don't know if he didn't come up, get up for this one or what the deal is. He didn't, did he not take the Titans seriously? I don't know. This And he's all excited to be at home. It's just a, just a disappointment of a game. A big, fat, jumbo disappointment of the game for the Detroit Lions. But hey, good for us because that means the Vikings are in sole position of first place. A lot of the stats, the overall numbers, just unbelievably similar. First downs were exactly the same. Uh, penalties were very close, <laughs> very close. Uh, ultimately, the uh, third down efficiency was similar. Um, total yards were just—I mean, total yards were within almost single digits. That's incredible when you think about that. Uh, time of possession was like within a minute. Crazy game, but uh, it is what it is—a a, one-point victory for the Titans and a very painful loss for Detroit. And Matthew Stafford, you thought maybe there you go, there you go. He's stepping up, and no, he's not. Same old story. Lions lose. Nanana boo boo to them, I suppose. I mean, it is what it is, right? So, Chicago Bears, because of course the Vikings played the Green Bay Packers, and that's it. We already talked about that. They lost to the Vikings. Ha ha. Chicago Bears on Monday night football, which is again another good thing that I'm recording it tonight instead of last night. Uh, we can talk about the Bears just continuing to suck. They're probably the worst team in the division right now, but then again, maybe the Lions are after all. It's going to be interesting what's going to happen between Chicago and Detroit this year, though. I'm sure they'll split. 
uh, probably home and home type of thing, but who knows? Uh, the Bears throttled pretty good by the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles tonight, and Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz showing why the Eagles got gutty and made this trade. Good job. I mean, the Eagles have been strong early on so far this season, very strong. They're two and zero, and Carson Wentz has been pretty good. He's been pretty doggone good, hasn't he? The Eagles went twenty nine to fourteen, and uh, Mister Jay Cutler has a injured throwing hand at this stage and that's unfortunate for him. He was out. Brian Hoyer, very res- respectable in, 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 in his relief. 9 of 12, but nothing deep at all. Only 78 yards and, tw- and 9 completions. That's nothing much to say. 6 yards per attempt, uh, but a, but an efficient game from him. Jay Cutler, here you go again. Nice completion percentage, but he fumbled and had an interception in the game and was sacked 3 times. And just not a good game by Cutler. And Carson Wentz really uh, strong again. Not a spectacular game, but he was efficient. Over 60%. That's good enough. He had one touchdown, 190 yards, and 34 attempts. It's not the spectacular game, but you are going against John Fox. Even though the de- the Chicago defense has a long way to go. But uh, Philadelphia, boy, Darren Sproles still playing. Wow, Ryan Matthews. Kind of a goofy, interesting uh, running game there by the Philadelphia Eagles. But, hey, it worked, and they got the job done. They combined for about 70 yards, those two guys, over 70 yards. Uh, Two touchdowns for Ryan Matthews, the former Charger. Uh, Carson Wentz, strong, solid for for a rookie, but he is a 24-year-old rookie, we got to remember. But he's got to be a lot better than Chris Wiggy, that's for sure. And uh, MDSU, it's been a proud... uh, it's been a proud couple of days for them, proud couple of weeks, and they had a one that thing yesterday that everybody's all excited about. Not yesterday, but uh, Saturday, beating Iowa. I mean, good for them. We're happy for them. I'm not, I'm not that worried about it, but uh, congratulations to NDSU, though, anyway. Uh, getting a quarterback in the NFL, and the success rating for him is, is looking really well. He's been very strong. He had a huge uh, first game, and he had a solid second game. In the car, and again, the Eagles 2-0. Uh, in the uh, Sands uh, Chip Kelly era. Good for the Philadelphia Eagles and bad for the Bears. It doesn't look good. And uh, Dylan Richardson, if he's listening, he's probably just shaking his head right now. Not not at me, but at the Bears. It just It's not good. And they really need... <laughs> you really... <laughs> if you can, <laughs> you really need to make a change of quarterback uh, as soon as possible. And I... You know, it, it's like the Bears. I bet they, you know, they, they probably wish... With all their strength, they could have got a quarterback in the draft last year, and, and they really need to add one. Um, I I like Brian Hoyer, but he's a backup. He's a he's a really good backup, to be quite honest. You know, he's he's better than Sean Hill, I think. Nice backup, even though Sean Hill was very respectable against the Tennessee Titans. Um, well, whatever. I'm just gonna just say Chicago Bears. They have got to get Jay Cutler out of there. I mean, it's just if 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 he's if he's not bad, he's hurt. And if he's not hurt, he's bad. And and, and it's just, it is what it is. Uh, he'll have a good game here and there just to tease you. And that's it. Buffalo, no surprise. They lost to the Jets. Shocker of the decade there. Giants over the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. No, I'm kidding. Over the New Orleans Saints. 16-3. to New England surviving a bad injury to uh, the shoulder of Jimmy Garoppolo. What an amazing start to the season he had. And the New England Patriots were schooling Miami, which is something they don't do very often. Miami's always kind of been a thorn in their side, regardless of how they've not been that good. But Garoppolo, with his devastating shoulder injury, he's out till God knows at this point. And you got two more weeks till Tom Brady comes back. So the Patriots, thank God for them, they're 2-0. and Maybe they're going to be 2-2, two and two, but who knows? I mean, Bill Belichick will think of something. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh always wins, and they won that one 24-16. That's about all there is there. 
Carolina, San Francisco. We'll get to that in a second. Dallas, Washington. Very old school matchup. Dallas beating Washington. Blah, blah, blah. The, the Brown Bowl. You're always going to get that. That's the other two members of that division over there. The Cincinnati-Pittsburgh division. The Brown Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens, the former Browns, beat the new crappy ones 25-10. to 10. I'm sorry, Vince. Uh, I, I wish for you that the Baltimore Ravens were the Browns in, in, in that sense. Um, can't even imagine. Houston beating Kansas City. They're 2-0. and Good for them. And Arizona really making up for not winning last week against the Patriots. Barely losing that one. Crushing Tampa Bay 40-7. to And this makes me smile so much. Um, the others I'm just going to just say quick. Oakland lost to Atlanta. That kind of sucks. That's not a good loss for them. And then Denver beating Indianapolis. They're 2-0. and Very strong San Diego over Jacksonville. But now we'll get to the one I... Like San Diego over Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville not looking good after being very competitive against the Packers last week, getting crushed by San Diego 38-14. to But um, the L.A. game, what the hell? I mean, I, I, I love it. And you know what? Good on the L.A. Rams. Their first home game, they're wearing the old uniforms. Keep the old uniforms. Ditch the new logo, the new uniforms, and wear those. Look like the L.A. Rams again. Please, just, just go back to that look. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Just screw that gold and weak navy blue color. Go back to the classic royal blue and, and, and yellow or gold, whatever you want to call it. They beat the Seattle Sea Chickens 9-3. to And, yeah, I mean, I just, that that's awesome. It's just so awesome. Only three points scored by the Seattle Seahawks. No turnovers by Russell Wilson, if you can believe it. He just wasn't that good. Just nothing very special about the Seattle Seahawks right now. And the Rams, who just got obliterated by the San Francisco 49ers. The sucky 49ers. They crushed the they got they, they crushed the Rams. But then the Rams beat Seattle. Wow. Arizona, that division championship looking strong, and my whole pick of Seattle going to the NFC championship game looking a lot weaker. And we all know who, who would replace them the way I was predicting things. If things go as they hopefully can continue to head in the direction, is the Vikings would replace Seattle. I'm not sure if Green Bay is going to be there either, though. So, who knows? Maybe the Vikings are going to make it and we're going to be playing Carolina or something. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Things can change so quickly and never know. But, boy, what wishful thinking, what hopeful thinking that is indeed. So, let's talk about those Carolina Panthers. A possible matchup for the Vikings in the postseason much, much later on there in January. They crushed the 49ers. This was a nice matchup for the 49ers in the past in the Jim Harbaugh era, which seems like not that long ago, five minutes ago, but now it's just, it's been, you know, it seems, I mean, it seemed at the time like it was so recent, and at the same time, it seems like 100 years ago. Carolina just rolls over them 46-27 after, again, losing to Denver last week, and they were beating up on Cam Newton, and everybody's, oh, concussion protocol. I'm so sick of hearing about concussions, even though I understand it's a problem. I'm sick of hearing about it. You know, just do something about it. I don't want to hear about it for like, I, I don't want to talk about it for three hours on KFAN or 1500 or anything else. So I'm not going to talk about it on this show either, other than I'm tired of hearing about it nonstop. You know, I mean, if you don't want to play football, don't play football. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I don't want to hear about it. It's a dangerous sport. And uh, some people, sometimes these guys, you know, man, you know, they just don't want to play anymore. Well, good for them. They don't want to play anymore. Whatever. I don't need to hear about it for three hours, you know, or even one hour. Cam Newton, Cam Cameron Newton, boy, oh boy. You know, the talent's very much there, and four touchdowns, one interception in the game. He did lose a fumble, which hopefully the Vikings can capitalize on. He had two turnovers from Cam Newton in the game, and that could be a difference maker if it was the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think Carolina's scoring any 46 on the Vikings, 
Blaine Gabbert sucks. He had two turnovers. He didn't even get 50% completions in the game. Just, he's terrible. Quarterback rating 65. Just lousy. Only sacked twice, but just a lousy game overall. No running game, no passing game. San Francisco stinks, and Carolina took advantage of it. And I like the Niners. One key mode as well, though, in this one. Early in the game, after only get, uh, amassing five rushes, Jonathan Stewart is, is injured at this stage. Um, unfortunate for him. He is... Uh, it's a hamstring at this point, Ron Rivera, and he will miss at least a week or two. And that's a pretty big loss for the Carolina Panthers. Jonathan Stewart, um, he's not getting any younger, but he's not 30 yet. He's 29 at this stage. Um, he's had a hell of a career in this league. Uh, he didn't get 1,000 yards last year. He, I mean, he hasn't had a great career, but he's always been very strong, very solid for the Carolina Panthers. Early on in his career, he actually was better when, when, uh, when he was go- completing with... Uh, the other guy over there. Why am I forgetting his name? Ah, oh, it's going to kick me when it comes. I'm going to kick myself when it comes back. The guy he was going back and forth with back in those days who ended up going to Pittsburgh. It's D'Angelo something, and I don't know why I'm blanking. It'll come back at some point. But then, but then something called, as PA would say, something called Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie Whitaker has a great game. And gosh, uh, he's already pretty much at a... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what the hell? He, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's been in special teams. He's had kick returns and stuff in his career. He's a backup running back in this league, undrafted, out of Texas. He's about, what is he, 26, 27 years old already. He had 100 yards and 16 carries, and he was very strong. He had a 25-yard scamper in the game. And, well... <laughs> He's already just—he's already just about thirty yards short of his career season for like his best season. Only only thirty-two rushes, one hundred and forty-five yards in twenty fourteen. He's just been a career backup, seeing very little snaps in the NFL, um, but just very strong in 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 the stead of uh, James Jonathan Stewart. James Stewart, what the hell, Jonathan Stewart? So I guess the Vikings will be looking at Fozzie Whitaker in the game. He did lose a fumble in the game, though. That's the good part. Uh, Carolina with the multiple fumbles in the game. I'm mean, Ted Jin fumbled the ball as well. The uh, former Dolphin receiver, high draft pick, who's never really amounted to a whole lot in the NFL. He's been with the Panthers for a while now. Hasn't amounted to a whole lot in the league. I mean, he's he's had some good numbers, but he's fumbled in the game. Whitaker fumbled. He had multiple fumbles in the game. That's the problem, and hopefully that'll be something the Vikings can take advantage of. And if the Vikings are going to win the game, they're going to need turnovers because Carolina's going to put up points believe it or not. Uh, it'll probably be the most points the Vikings give up to this stage. I, I hope not, though. And when you do lose Jonathan Stewart, that's a key. But Greg Olson's so dangerous. He had a touchdown, 142 yards in the game. Kelvin Benjamin also has been very strong. He had two touchdowns in the game, 108 yards against a lousy San Francisco defense. Uh, don't expect to see numbers like that against the Vikings. But still, the threat does exist. And this team had, was 15-1 and last year. I see them more as a 10-6 and six team, uh, especially after losing to Denver again. I still think, yeah, I think Carolina's going to be 10-6, and six, and I did make a mistake in the season opener talking about the, the NFC South. I said the Cardinals. No, that's the <laughs> that's the NFC West. The NFC South, Carolina's probably going to win the division, but only with 10-6 and six, and with minimal competition along the way. Uh, not a whole lot to worry about with Carolina over there with Atlanta and the Saints and teams like that, Tampa Bay. Ugh. Not a whole lot of competition. Carolina will be back in the playoffs, but 10-6, and six, maybe 11-5. And five. and uh, gaming against the Vikings could be a key to uh, how good the Carolina Panthers will be this year and how good the Vikings will be this year. This is a huge uh, crossroads for both teams right now. 
Unfortunately, it is in Bank of America Stadium, not in U.S. Bank Stadium. So the the two banks, all that good stuff. You know, you got so many banks everywhere. And uh, uh, but the Vikings' success rate in Carolina has been good. Uh, you had a victory there a few years back. It was very nice. It was a strong performance by the Vikings and uh, unexpected at times as well. You also saw the Vikings beat the Panthers. Um, in TCF Bank Stadium, when it was freezing cold, the Vikings uh, put the Panthers at three and seven. But then the but then Carolina went on a pretty good run after that, and they made the playoffs and got to the second round because of Arizona's injuries and stuff. Even though they were seven and nine, they still made the playoffs and then eventually got beat by Seattle that year in twenty fourteen. Um, I don't know what to make of this one other than it's a huge test of metal for both of these clubs. Uh, we know all these players. You know who Cam Newton is. We, I mean, Sam Bradford, can he continue what he was able to do before? Carolina's defense is dangerous, but I think the Vikings' defense is better. It's just, you know, and then as you got Cam Newton versus Sam Bradford in that sense. Cam Newton's capable of doing a hell of a lot, but he's also capable of turning the ball over. And that's what I think, again, if the, if the Panthers are anything as sloppy as they were against San Francisco, Vikings will definitely win the football game. And, I mean, you know, the Vikings just as easily could have started the season one and two. I mean, yes, you beat Tennessee, who stinks. But then again, they don't stink that bad because Mariota's dangerous and and DeMarco Murray's dangerous. He had a 90-yard game against Detroit. But uh, this could have easily been a one and two uh, start to the season. Green Bay coming in, beating the Vikings, and then lose to Carolina. But, you know... At, at this point, the way the defense is playing and the momentum Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs are building, even with a lack of uh, Adrian Peterson out there, which I don't think he's going to play because Carolina, you still have Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata, like I was saying. You still have somebody else to go in there and, and help. Um, Matt Asiata gets the short yards and can power through for an occasional 10-yarder, and then McKinnon might go out there and have a nice, star-sparkling performance out there. Maybe he'll have a 100-yard game. Uh, including the fact that he can catch passes and break loose and such as well. Um, I can't, at, at this point, when you see the vulnerable the vulnerability of the Carolina Panthers, and there again, their lack of discipline, and it, it was a problem for, it was a problem for Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. That's why they lost the game. I mean, you had fumbles, you had turnovers, and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't face that deadly defense of Denver. And I think he's going to run into the same problem against the Vikings. And I think the Vikings win and go 3-0. and And if the Vikings beat Carolina, my goodness. I mean, people in this town are going to go crazy. You're going to see purple everywhere. You're going to see go Vikings on the on the Metro Transit and the, and the light rail signs. You're going to be starting to see stuff. Because we could be on the verge of something really, really, a really fun, fun, successful season here. A really great season if the Vikings do beat Carolina. And I think the chances of that are very high. With the fact that Carolina's lack of discipline and the Vikings know how to take advantage of that type of situation. Uh, Vikings just as easily could lose this one. But I'm going to pick a win. A very narrow victory for the Vikings. I'm going to go with 27-24 Minnesota. It's going to be higher scoring. In terms of like the Vikings opponent's going to get 24 points this time. <laughs> not 16. Not, not 14. But 24 points from Carolina. But the Vikings will squeak it out. You'll see key turnovers at key times, and Cam Newton will be pissed off and throwing his helmet or whatever the heck he does on the sideline, and you're going to see Mike Zimmer jumping in the air once again, and I think the Vikings go 3-0, 27-24, capitalizing on on the sloppiness of the Panthers, because they're going to have to play one of their best games if they're going to beat the Vikings right now, 
And I think Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs, again, will continue where they started. And it's going to be wonderful. Uh, will we ever see Laquan Treadwell? <laughs> I don't know. Eventually, you're going to see him, and it's going to be like, wow, there he is. But boy, oh boy, a 23rd overall pick, and he can't even see the field. And I know it happens, but it's one thing if you're like a cornerback or something. I mean, Trey Wayne's 11th overall pick. Think about how high of a pick he was. But like a Xavier Rhodes, it took a little while. Trey Wayne's, it took a little while. But this is a wide receiver. I mean, it's a wide receiver's easier to get started in the NFL than, say, a cornerback or even a quarterback. Um, running backs and wide receivers generally as rookies go out there and start showing signs early, like Stefan Diggs did as a fifth-round rookie last year. Um, but my goodness, uh, Laquan Treadwell, boy, I mean, I, I, I guess it's because we have so much depth already when you have Thielen and such. Um, but Charles Johnson is not impressing anybody. I, I, I'm not impressed with Charles Johnson. I don't think the Vikings are either. I, I don't know. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. And, and Laquan Treadwell, I don't even know what his identity is in the NFL at this stage. <laughs> I really don't know what to tell you, honestly. Uh, it just kind of is what it is right now. Mm. I mean, but uh, it wouldn't kill me to see Treadwell at least take some snaps away from Charles Johnson at this point. Or, of course, Cordero Patterson. Maybe he'll have some kind of a surprise uh showing up against the Carolina Panthers, but I do think the Vikings get the job done, and it'll be fun to see Jarek McKinnon out there. I, I hope the Vikings start McKinnon, but watch them start Asiata once again. But there you go, 27-24 Minnesota with key turnovers late in the game. Key forced turnovers against the Carolina Panthers will change and change the momentum and save the day, and of course, Sam Bradford and Stephon Diggs will, will uh, be a part of something good. They will continue what they started here in Minnesota. Maybe not as spectacular, particularly with 182 yards or anything, but century mark at, at least 80 yards and very, very quite possibly a touchdown from Sam Bradford to our good buddy, Stefan Diggs, and he will use that shovel in the end zone. That's cool. That's cool indeed, isn't it? So let's get to fan interaction right after this. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, Fan Interaction. This one's going to clear an hour again, I suppose. It's going to be more than an hour once again. I, I try to keep it to an hour, but Purple Mafia ends up going past that on occasion. In fact, quite frequently. So it just is what it is. So for Twitter account, it's at Purple Mafia. So I, I tend to go to Twitter first now. Um, I need to be more active on there, by the way, too. And I apologize to Anthony, Sam Gupta, and uh, yep, Anthony Carlson, Sam Gupta, and Dave Martin out there. I need to be more active. I'm fairly active on Facebook, and I got real quiet in the second half because I was kind of nervous, kind of locked in, that type of thing. It's just one of those really emotional type of games. So, at Purple Mafia Show for Twitter. For Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And, of course, to call in is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. And there it is. It's a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Purple Mafia, and then do your statement, comment, shout out, whatever it is. And all that will be in the show description. Also, PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com for audio submissions where you could record on your sound recorder and send it to me that way internationally. And, of course, there's one final option now on the Facebook page. Just press call now, and it should be able to call in through Facebook Messenger directly to the TSS line, which, again, is the same voicemail line as always. So you could pretty much be from anywhere and call in that way. Very cool. 
Very cool. I gotta start hearing some of you guys out of the country calling in. You know, that'd be that'd be cool because you you can do it. You don't have to worry about long distance or any of that garbage. So there you go. Particularly on Timberwolves explosion as well. Uh, thank you again, Tene, for being just such a big part of things. All oh, for the Vikings and the and even Brave the Wild. My goodness, just love Tene out of New Zealand. Um, he favorited the show and uh, retweeted it for those of you out there. In, uh, those of you out there that might have been interested, that might have saw it for the first time, him and Vince Germano, thank you so much for retweeting the show. Really appreciate you so much. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, cannot trust him to get the job done. He's had chances. Those kicks yesterday were unacceptable, to put it mildly, and that was Mr. Blair Walsh. She says, that D second half was awesome, or fantastic, and yes, it was, absolutely. This is, again, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of uh, Northern Scotland. Anthony Carlson was saying, what a game. And Sam Gupta saying, totally agree. That was great. And Sam Bradford had a spectacular debut. And I couldn't agree more, guys. Thank you very, very, very much. Nice to see Win for Teddy follow me back. I did follow him a little while ago. And uh, thank you for that, Win for Teddy, if you happen to be catching this show. Thank you very much for uh, joining on board there. Going to give a quick shout-out here before I get to Facebook. MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven is hosted by... It was created and hosted by Trevor Wickerin here in Minnesota, north of here a bit. He's not from the cities anymore. I think he was here for a while, but he lives north of here now, uh, a ways. Uh, created a really nice Facebook page. Thank you very much. Got to give him a shout-out because he allows me to post my page on there. So really appreciate that, and I'm happy to give him a shout-out. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, so got to mention that. Hope he listens. I don't know if he ever does, though. I don't know if he's ever mentioned that, but at least he lets me post the page. <laughs> Maybe one day he'll get around and listen to Purple Mafia. Some of you out there that have been joining through there, thank you very much. Uh, nice to meet you. Oh, come and join Purple Mafia or comment to me on there on MN Vikings Haven. Uh, Sebastian Balls, the Purple Press Box. Great show out there as well on the Spreaker app. Spreaker. So it's like speaker with an R. Check that out all as well. I don't know what happened to him lately, though. He's kind of vanished out of the face of the earth. So kind of giving him a little little nudge-nudge with my elbow on that one. <laughs> Nothing against him, though. I kind of understand why he might be invisible for the moment. So, letting you know, I'm still uh, letting me letting you know. I know you're out there, and I miss you, buddy. That's all. Uh, so let's get to that Facebook page. Let's get going. And I lost where I was. Uh, that's great. Because I wanted to continue off. I to- I promised. See, because that's what kind of guy I'm. Doggone it. <laughs> I promised Mark Carlson I would continue off uh, because I put the 9/11 tribute on there, and. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying, salute to you, Joey Weijin, for taking the time to recognize the tragic events that changed the world on this day. Your patriotic comments make the Purple Mafia show first class. And thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much. And he was, I was telling him, I promise you I will air it. And he said, regardless if it's aired or not, I really enjoy the sense of patriotism and common sense. Never change that. And I never will. I never will, brother. I just pounded my chest, and that sounded kind of weird the way it came out. But Mark Carlson's birthday is also 9-11, so very crazy, very crazy. Um, I'm not happy with the... I'll just make this one semi-political, not really political statement. I'm not real happy that the NFL was ticked off at players for... was fining players for wearing 9-11 tribute uh, cleats, all because of the color difference. Uh, You know, you want to have the... Something that the color scheme with your uniform for your team versus wearing a tribute to September 11th on September 11th. Really? Really, NFL? So that kind of didn't sit well with me or many others out there. Come on. Please. I mean, seriously. Come on. 
All right, so Gerald String commenting on the recent, uh, commenting on the uh, release of the previous show. Gerald String was saying, great show, totally agree on Fan Tarkin Awards. That would have been, of course, the two guys that got the big turnovers, Daniel Hunter and, of course, uh, Mr. Eric Kendricks. Uh, he says, those would have been my two also. We were struggling quite a bit until the 77-yard pick six. Seemed like after the team remembered who they are and played accordingly. Uh... Sometimes it takes that one spark and just felt like after that we knew we would dominate the rest of the way. Can't wait to see our D going up against the Packs. Should be fun. And yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it was a complete game changer. It changed everything. It really did. The in-game thread was pretty emotional. I tend to drop to the bottom. Yep, Little String was saying dagger. Uh, Dave Hickey was saying up by one point in my up by one point in my fantasy thanks to Digsy. Yep, so you caught him. Good job in Viking defense. But no thanks to AP. Yeah, good job getting Stefan Diggs in fantasy football. I don't play fantasy football anymore, but great job there. Seriously, awesome. Um, Gerald Spring was saying, wow, tough call, Joey. Fran Tarkenden Award, Waynes or Diggs? Jeez, or Bradford? So yeah, so I'm glad I went in here because this is more of a post game, so I'm glad I went in here. He says, okay, watch the full game on replay because they go like, like later on, like later on today. Instead of yesterday, I says Wayne's got worked more than I realized. Uh huh. But still came up big in the end. But not a Fran Tarkenden candidate tonight. Still like his progression. Zimmer can coach him up quite a bit, but he's getting closer at least. And yes, he's 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 sticking with his men at least, and that's a huge encouragement. But definitely not a Fran Tarkenden award for him. You heard who it went to before ultimately in that one. Um, um, um ah, I probably should open, reopen that up. Let's see, there might be a little more here. Oh yeah, Tony Coleman is saying, whew, now I can go to bed and rest easy. Up for work at 3 a.m. First official game in the bank is a Vikings win. Good night, Pro Mafia family. And yep, hope you slept well and had a good day at work today. And uh, that was a, a wonderful deal indeed. Gerald Spring was saying, I got so much adrenaline flowing right now. I hope I can sleep. And yeah, I, I went to bed pretty late last night too. I wanted to record, but I figured, again, it was just a little bit, you know, I have to get up super early, too, like 6 in the morning, and, you know, it's, you know, I put some effort into the show, and I would have probably gotten really tired. I could have maybe done a piece things together, if you know what I mean, record part and record other parts later, like tonight, but sometimes I do that on occasion, but, you know record the game review closer to after the game and then record the other parts a little later as you let things bleed out, but it is what it is. Um, Dave Hickey was saying, no question for me, the Fran Award is Diggs. He gets it with an honorable mention to Bradford. Yep, and then Tony seconds that. Leland out of Iowa, Dave Hickey and Mark are also out of Iowa. Tony's out of South Dakota. Leland was saying, wow, nice comments tonight. Nice solid game all around. Good luck on picking the awards. Bradford for first game, he deserves one of them. Skull Vikes. David, he was saying, what a great way to break in the new digs. I mean, stadium. I I was hard on AP from the way he struggled through two games for only six points. That's in fantasy. In two games for my starting tailback in fantasy. But I hope he isn't very bad. We do need him going forward. I have faith. Yeah, shoot. Uh, I have faith in the two-headed backfield from the way they played two years ago. Yep, in AP's absence, but AP is usually solid, and I know he will eventually get going. Great game, though. Skull. And yes, I like McKinnon and Asiata quite uh, enough anyway, especially McKinnon. I think he's got a lot of talent. A lot of talent. So now we get to the post-game reaction, and Justin Mayer-Henry saying, I can dig it. Bradford looked great. 
Justin Mayer Henry's out of Colorado, by the way. He said there were some issues that need to be addressed, but it's another W. Kings of the North, baby, and yes, we are. Jeff Froyland also out of Iowa saying prayers for Adrian. No matter what they'll, no matter what they'll find a way to win. Trust this coaching staff, Purple Nation. I do. Leland also out of Iowa saying agreed with trusting the coaching staff. Nice adjustments through the game. Hope it's good news tomorrow on AP. Now I gotta say this real quick. <laughs> Purple Mafia really loves you, Iowa. I, I'm not kidding. I mean, thank you guys so much. All the and I, I mean, I've had just such a wonderful. wonderful support group in Iowa. You guys are the backbone of this show. I mean, honest to God, you are the backbone of the show. And it's funny how many, how few of you are actually from Minnesota. It is kind of funny how that turns out, but that's because I'm not as Minnesota nice, maybe, and I'm more of a realist. I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker. That might be what it is, but you know, you're getting more of a, you're getting more of a truth there than a than a, the Kool-Aid Rahu type of guy. That's, I think, part of it, but it is what it is. I mean, there's people all over the country that are either Kool-Aid drinkers or realists. I tend to be more realist, and I'm a very excited realist right now, if you can't tell. Yankee, out of uh, out of St. Paul, says the, or actually it's Brooklyn Center, says the O-line can definitely play better. What is with Khalil? That guy just stood watching as a defender. Pounded Bradford. Yep, Diggs is a beast. Waynes has a lot of noob, uh, a lot of newbie mistakes, but he came through in the end. As for Bradford, as long as the O line gives him time, he can make great plays, and I can't disagree, can't disagree with that at all. Jeff Froyland saying almost forgotten Walsh showed up. Yep, Mark Carlson saying the D made me proud. Then we took some serious penalties. I questioned the play by the rookie. Was even mad and upset with a second penalty, but. He makes up for it. Hell of a game. Hope hope those cheesehead Green Bay fans will shut up, at least for a while. Skull, NFC North champions. Gerald String out of Nebraska saying Trey got picked on quite a bit but made them pay when it mattered. Was pretty sweet to see him pull that play off. No, he's still a work in progress, but just think that our D... I mean, just think what our D will look like when, when Xavier is healthy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, think Xavier hasn't played at all. I says just... Uh, just about foolproof at every other position on D. Still need Bradford to have a good game tonight to pull this off, and he delivered. No comment on Diggs. I'll let Packer fans make that call. How about NFC Offensive Player of the Week? Yes, how about it? I think he's at minimum a strong candidate for it. Dave Vicky out of Iowa says, I love to see this in the old black and blue division. And yes, it was very low scoring, and the team with the stronger defense wins in the end. Yep, just like the old early 90s, late 80s, and the whole 80s, really. And in the, yeah, long ago, even before that. Just seeing Rodgers standing on the sidelines with time running out and no chance. And knowing he gave the game away. Yes, I love it. Hats off to the Vikings, uh, D, Bradford, and Diggs. And we can't forget Waynes and the coaching staff. School and yes, sir. Again, trying not to cough. I apologize. Uh, and yep, the Adrian has a torn meniscus. Mark Carlson was saying that is painful. We have been without AP before. At least this time, it's not over a personal conduct issue or ACL. I hope he will make a quick and full recovery. Thank you for the update, Joey, and you're very welcome. Uh, I was mentioning the show will be recorded. And yes, sir. Let's check the visitor posts and wrap this show up. Let's see where we are here. Well, 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 well. Uh, yep, we had the predictions. Okay. Yep, and then Ali 
who like uh, a pro football spot, right? So writes really wonderful articles on the Vikings and the NFL on pro football spot. So do check that website out and check out Ollie's uh, writing on there. He does a great job. He was talking about the Vikings. Yep, it was kind of like he was basically beat writing for the Vikings and Titans at that stage. And then you have the release of these third jerseys, uh, the Color Rush uniforms. They look pretty cool. I agree. I don't know why I didn't click like, Tony. I apologize for that. It's purple and gold numbers and everything, not white. Uh, I don't mind it. And the purple uh, pants as well. It's like an all-purple look. It's like it's basically the third jersey for the Vikings. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. It's a nice change of pace, in a sense, keeping the same fonts and stuff, but a little bit different colors. It's more purple, more gold, no white or anything else. Um, and then Leland saying, sorry, no fan interaction this week. Yeah, but that was before. I had to keep up a family tradition. My dad started 48 years ago. Opening weekend celebration, including plenty of food and adult beverages, was a great defensive game. Let's see great offensive game this Sunday at home. Skull Vikes, and yep. And I can't uh, disagree with any uh, tradition there. Uh, I didn't respond to that? Wow, I thought I did. I I think I did, and it, something went out wrong, and I didn't put it out there. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I can't disagree with you having a continuing a tradition of 48 years. I totally respect that. I, I thought I responded, though, and I'm, I apologize for that, Leland. Um, I really thought I responded to you. Oh, maybe, oh, no, I think maybe you messaged me, and I responded to you that way. That's probably what it was. And um, that's pretty cool. Yep, keep the tra- 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 tradition going. Totally understand. Great to have you back this week, uh, Leland. He's a star candidate. Gerald's a star candidate. Mark's a star candidate. Dave, oh, you guys are all just fantastic. Ali, um, oh, that's too bad. Brett McCarthy didn't write a post game. I don't think. Maybe I'll look again for that. Maybe on the other section. Brett McCarthy, I got to tell you, he's from South Dakota. Very, been very active. He's been one of the superstars so far this year. Really appreciate him very much. And he's always been really good as well. Um, Ollie was posting a flashback Friday. Moss makes his Monday night football debut against the Packers. And it's uh, one of my favorite memories as a Viking fan. I mean, was, I mean, the Packers were the dominant bullies of the NFC North. NFC, was it the Central? No, no, it was the North already. Wow, it's been a while. Um, it was just, oh, that game was just something else. No, it was the NFC Central. It was. It was the Central still because Tampa Bay was still in the division back in the day, man. I mean, it, just, it was just unbelievable. You saw Cunningham cock back, throw in the air, touchdown. Oh, there was some kind of a, I forget what it was, like false start or holding or something. Um, but it was like, whoa, that looked pretty easy. And then they just went and did it again. Like, ah, that, that was nothing. I mean, it was the most beautiful game I, you'd, you'd ever watch. And you saw the bullies get pounded. And the Vikings are now beating the Packers, a two-game win streak against the Packers. And uh, uh, Ali posting another article there about the predictions for the Vikings and Packers. Brent Jacobson was working at the game, and here's his view, which is a steel wall, unfortunately, for him. Um, He says, but from what I can hear, listening on my phone, Bradford is looking pretty good, and the defense is kicking ass, and absolutely, it was a fantastic game, Brent. Um, I understand, too, you know, how you actually work there, so... At least you get to see the field, I suppose, or the, the stadium and such. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi was asking you what the word on AP was, and that, again, was the MRI and everything, but probably not season-threatening. And ultimately, it is a meniscus, Cedric, out of Mississippi. So there you go. That's the end of uh, the fan interaction. And I gave my shout-outs and everything. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, yeah, let's pass out the stars. For last week, Brett McCarthy's getting the gold star. Uh, Brett McCarthy will get the gold star for last week. Silver Star, 
to uh, Dave Hickey. Very active, very passionate. Just love Dave Hickey. This is for last week. And the Bronze Star for last week goes to Leland. I'm going to give Leland the Bronze Star for last week. Um, and for this week, boy, oh boy, it's all over the place. Ah, oh, man. I might want to bounce around again. But uh, so Brett McCarthy with his first gold star uh, from last week. Hopefully he's listening to the show. I'm pretty sure he's a regular listener and uh, well-deserved. So active and keeping the, keeping the conversation going and such. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, gold star for this week is going to Gerald String. Yep, the uh, gold star champion for 2014. He's going to get it for this week. Got uh, Just well-deserved. Um, silver star. You know, I'm going to give it to Yankee. Really good post there. Really good post there. <laughs> really, um, I don't know how... I, I've given Yankee a few stars before. I don't think he's ever gotten a gold, but a silver star this week for Yankee. Really uh, strong, uh, really good good thoughts there. And the bronze star is going to go to Mark Carlson uh, this week. So there you go. Kind of different guys, different weeks, that type of thing. It's, it's good to kind of mix it up. But yeah, Brett McCarthy, congratulations on your first gold star. And I apologize for being a week late on that. I apologize for big time. And Gerald Swing right back in that gold star territory again, filling up that trophy case one more time. <laughs> and Dave Hickey's got so many stars. And Mark Carlson, and oh man, you guys are legends. Thank you very much. And Yankee adding to the trophy case this week as well. So I want to thank you guys again, always for your loyalty, your listenership. You add so much to this show. You bring so much passion. Um, I'm going to give a co-bronze star to Tanae Brown, though, uh, as well. I mean, Tanae deserves a star as well. He's another guy that last week, I think, last week, he's going to get a co-silver and this week a co-bronze. He, he deserves a star for both weeks, Tanae Brown. He's really been, uh, he's really been an active member of this, uh, of this show and he has some strong stuff to say for a guy who's who's still learning the game i mean he he's not used to nfl football that much he's, he hasn't been around it that much he's more of a basketball guy and um i mean they're more over in over in new zealand australia area they're more into like you know they're more into soccer and footy as they call it it's a different type of football over in that part of the world so uh he, his knowledge is continuing to grow and hopefully i've been helpful in that department just just being on this show and kind of trying to bring some type of a uh, educational <laughs> approach to the NFL to, to football and such when I when I do these shows I'm not I'm not just trying to sound like a pompous expert or arrogance I'm trying to just I'm trying to piece things together um, and at the same time bring a show that is something that is listenable to those out there have, that have watched football for 30 40 50 years as well so trying to keep broad base all over the place educational in a in a good way in terms of uh, you know, like just trying to keep it fun to listen to for everybody in that sense. So want to thank you all very much again. Please, uh, those of you that are able to that haven't yet, please, if you could write a review or at least give a re- just just give a star rating on iTunes. It's great. It's just a big help to the show. Really appreciate it. Um, really, uh, it only helps the show. And... I appreciate it to no end, and I'll give you a big shout-out, and you'll most likely, yeah, I, I will promise you a star on the show when I see that on there, and I will read it out if you're so able to allow me to do that. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Malcolm. I don't hear from him much anymore out of Northern California. Miss you, buddy. Uh, one of the great posters of all time. Callers. Hasn't called in in a long time. 
just giving you a shout out, Robin Sullivan. I think she clicked like on one of the posts, but yeah, she doesn't. She, doesn't, uh, she must still listen. I hope, but it'd be nice to see her post again, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. I don't know, maybe I shout out too much. Anthony Batista, Anthony from L.A., miss you as well. I don't know if I scared him away or what the hell happened. I have no idea. God only knows. Um, but thanks again, all of you. Again, <laughs> continue to enjoy this cooler weather. And, of course, the leaves are changing, all that. They're starting to change, and it looks pretty cool. So do enjoy it. Get outside and uh, check things out. Just stay away from that big beehive around Lake of the Isles.